from around the world, this is the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance for children under the age of 13. Violence, language, and adult situations may apply. Oh, bless me, Father, for I've sinned. It's been one week since my last confession. In the past week, I have told two lies, but only because that rotten Mrs. McIntyre was bragging about her son, the doctor. So I told a lie that my Norman was named head of his department. Norman, bless his soul, would be lucky to be named dung cleaner at the local kennel. Sorry, Father. I was also envious of another and coveted their life. That, that's it, Father. Oh, seriously, Father. At my age, what else could I confess? Father? Are, are you in there? Hello? Magic and magical people, the unnatural order is all around us. There are white witches, black witches, demons, vamps, werewolves, shapeshifters, ghosts. It's a protoplasmic party of creature features out there. But unless you know where to look, you won't find them. I know where to look. My name is Harry Strange. It was day 30 of my incarceration in the Night Falls County lockup. Nothing major, just some dick-slinging from Lieutenant Johnson. My buddy, Lieutenant West, retired about three years ago, and Johnson and I had a complicated relationship. This was punishment for a little misunderstanding, and a little explosion, at a graveyard. Well, an historic graveyard. The lieutenant decided he would show his authority. I figured let him feel good and it would smooth over any bad blood between us. After all, it was only time, and I had more than enough of that. Night Falls isn't like other towns, and our county jail isn't like other jails. Sure, we have the usual lineup of drunks, druggies, and transvestite hookers, but we also have another level of criminal. Most of the citizens aren't aware of it, not on a conscious level. The police sort of know, but they tend to only believe what they see. The criminals, though, they know when something in their midst is different wrong. And they fear it. Or embrace it. If you looked closely at the guy in the corner of the next cell, you could see his cloaking spell was weak. Every now and then the skin on his head would waver and you could see a red and festering skull. The smell of feces was ripe around him. And he wasn't the least bit impressed with me. What are you looking at, Strange? That cheap-ass cloaking spell you're using? You think you're funny, Strange. I think your future is funny. Whew, dude. You might want to try cloaking that smell. Seriously, try a body wash. You insignificant little ant. I could crush you. I could pull these bars apart and squeeze the life out of you. You think that champion crap scares me? I would make you beg for me to finish you off. Switch to decaf, my friend. You're way too tense. Your time is almost up. Tick-tock, Strange. Tick-tock. Very good. Tomorrow we'll teach you the sound the cow makes. 
I wouldn't bend those bars any further if I were you. Your master wouldn't like you exposing yourself. Come to think of it, neither would I. Do you really think any of these scumbags would care? No, but the guard might. I'm gonna love watching you burn. Yeah, I get that a lot. Strange! Let's go, your ride's here. Well, fella, this has been fun, but I have to run. Enjoy your stay. Try the peppercorn steak, it's quite tasty. See you soon, Harry Strange. I didn't call for a ride. Like I care? <sighs> it was good to be home. My desk, my chair, my coffee, and Pop-Tarts. Lots of Pop-Tarts. As grateful as I felt, I was still confused. Why is this so hard for you to understand? We didn't exactly part under the best of circumstances, Carmen. That was his fault and mine. You had nothing to do with it. Do you need my help with something? Are you trying to find him? It's been, what, three years? Don't be so cynical, Harry. Carmine made his choice, and I respect that. I bailed you out because you and I need each other. I've had an inordinate amount of time to think about this, and really you're the only one I have, the only one who understands. Then you're in worse shape than you think. Don't be like that. We complement each other. You're the sour to my sweet. And how exactly did you come to that conclusion, Miss Strega? Well, for starters, it's Dr. Strega. Secondly, you need my organizational touch. Have you looked around this place? Don't do that. What? Don't start nesting. I like this place the way it is. The organization in this office is fine. Yeah, if you're a manic depressive. How do you find anything? Put that down. I know where everything is. Look, tough guy. I can help you. I know magic, and I know science. And this is what's important. I know where they intersect. My brother used to say things like that. Come on, take a ride with me. I want to show you something. She took me to her house. I had to remember to ask her exactly how a woman with no obvious means of support was able to afford the McMansion she lived in. See this? Everything operates on a frequency. Light, sound, mass, it's all vibrating at some rate. Magic is the same way. In order for magic to work, it has to operate at a frequency greater than sight or sound. This little transmitter sends out a jamming signal that sweeps across the known magic range. Well, known to me, anyway. Whoa! Careful with that! I'd picked up a little box no larger than a disposable lighter. If you set that to a high frequency, you can crack a human skull when you turn it on. A low frequency will crack the skull of a charging boar. How, exactly, did you test that? A good magician never reveals her secrets. Look at this. Most of the gear and gizmos she showed me were pretty cool, but I try to maintain a disinterested appearance. Don't play that. I'm too cool for this stuff attitude with me, Mr. Strange. I know you're jonesing to get your hands on some of this stuff. Easy, Carm. Granted, some of this stuff could be useful, like this head-splitter thing. But I'm not about to give up my Dagger of Yago for your science project of the week. Really? Do you have the dagger with you? Of course. Whip it out, fella. Let's do a little experiment. When I took out the dagger from a sheath inside my jacket, a 
barely audible hum filled the room. If there were unnaturals around, the dagger would glow a phosphorescent green. Think of the green glow you see around radiation devices in movies. The dagger glowed briefly and then went out. Curious. Okay, now, let me make a little adjustment here. At first, nothing happened. Then, slowly, the dagger's hum began to disappear. What the? Don't worry. I didn't break it. I'm just jamming it. Well, stop. I don't want a useless dagger. Typical. Don't you see? With my gear, you can be twice as strong. We could put these jammers in your office. You'll find they're much more reliable than your protection spells. I haven't had a problem yet. How do you know I have protection spells? Please. I could feel them when I was still in the elevator. The point, Harry, is that we could make a good team. Hang on. Turn that up. What? The television. Turn it up. This new murder brings the number of priest killings to three in three weeks. We are seeing live footage from St. Catherine's Cathedral on Nightfall's south side. That's Lieutenant Johnson. How quickly can you get me there? About ten minutes. But there is more I want you to see. Later. I need to know more about this now. Three priests? Two happened while you were in, um... Uh... County lockup. Tell me everything, but tell me while we drive. Is there anything else, ma'am? No, sir. I opened the door and he was like that. His eyes bloody sockets and his tongue ripped out of his mouth like that. <laughs> Hello, Lieutenant. Strange. What are you doing here? Don't be like that. I thought I could help. Ah. Uh, Is there anything else? Officer, take her statement, please. You're lucky I don't slap cuffs on you right here and have you tossed in a holding cell for the rest of your life. I said I was sorry about... Well, you know. But no one was hurt. It all worked out. Anyway, did you forget about my 30-day visit? I had to tell my captain why you were involved and why you almost got a witness and three officers killed. Thirty days was a cakewalk. The witness was fine. She was never in any danger. Mostly. The missing persons have stopped. Mostly. But I can promise you, anyone missing now is not missing because of the Dark Dawn. Uh-huh. And the fire? You're like an old lady. The demon is gone, your witness is safe, and you're gonna complain about a little fire? It almost burned down the woods from here to the coast. But it didn't. Look. Do you want to keep talking about history or current events? You know something about what's going on here? I know this is the third dead priest in as many weeks. I didn't see the body, but I'm sure that his eyes were cut out and- How do you know that? It's ritual. I haven't made the connections yet, but I will. Three different churches, all in different parts of town. Look, Strange, I appreciate your help, but we've got this one under control. Really? How so? Between you, me, and the fence post, we think the first priest may have been, uh, diddling little boys. Someone came forward? I'm not at liberty to say. All of a sudden, you're not at liberty to say? You call me in when you get the heebie-jeebies, when something creepy happens, but you can't share a little information with me? I think those calls are coming to an end. Your last stunt was so over the top that the captain and the chief are regretting our arrangement. West was a fool. And I don't plan to make his mistakes. Lieutenant Johnson, Richard, trust me. This is not the work of a pissed-off altar boy. 
Let me ask you this. Have you found the eyes? We're finished here. Officer Smith will show you out. Why should I care if some priests are getting their eyes poked out? You find out who's offing the priests, you send them here and old Finney will buy them a drink. I was in Finney's pawn shop. Finney was an unnatural who had built a successful business selling trinkets and occult paraphernalia to humans. Like most of my relationships, Finney and I were complicated. Some might say confrontational. But we needed each other. I kept the human authorities and the occasional unnatural authority at bay, and he shared his insights with me. Why priests, Finney? I thought you were supposed to be smart, Strange. Priests, rabbis, anyone who's dedicated their lives to him. Their blood is special. Special? If they are pure of heart, their blood is precious. The blood of one priest is potent enough to wipe out a legion of demons. Are you saying an unnatural is going to kill all the priests? Sometimes you gotta get primal. The logistics of that alone don't make any sense. That's even crazier than you are. You're boring me now. Don't you have some hairless monkey things to be doing? What happened to the smoking little witch you came in here with a couple of years ago? That's one monkey I'd like to feed my banana. Normally I'd shoot you for that. But it's funny you mention her. I haven't seen her in years and suddenly she shows up to bail... at my door. You should bring her here sometime. You know, Strange, there's a lot of darkness around you. If I didn't know better, I'd say your days are numbered. Because I'm gonna believe one of your prophecies? Believe what you want. I know what I see, and I see an end to your annoying interruptions. Have a rotten day, Finny. I did some of my own checking. Look at this. What do you have? A possible suspect. Albert Finkel. Ugh. Kind of a creepy-looking guy. What moves him to the top of your dance card? Former altar boy. In and out of mental institutions most of his life. A couple of years ago, he was charged with assaulting a priest in Atlanta. Charming. His public defender beat the rap when the priest refused to press charges. And, get this, that priest turned up dead a week later. Not from Finkel, I assume. No. Two gangbangers broke into the church to rob the poor box, and the priest tried to stop them. They cut his throat and ripped out his tongue. What about his eyes? Nothing about eyes. Where are those gangbangers now? Federal Pen in Atlanta. Ever been to Atlanta? No. You'll like it. Who says I was going to Atlanta? Consider this an audition for me to consider you as an assistant. For what? I think I've more than proven my resourcefulness. And, Mr. Strange, we would be partners. I am no one's assistant. Yeah, okay. These two guys have been living with cellmates named Bubba and Adolf for the last four years. Who do you think they'd rather see, me or you? Mr. Strange, is that a compliment? If you wanted to be. You are quite the sweet talker. Yeah, I get that a lot. While Carmen was having fun in Atlanta, I spent two days following Finkel. This guy lived an almost Spartan life. It's like he took his own vow of poverty. From 9 to 12 every day, he was at his local branch of the Night Falls Library in the media room, surfing the internet. He went to lunch at Dixie's Diner and was back at his seat in the library by 1.15. 
There were a couple of cotton tops he talked to at Dixie's Diner. When he left the library on Wednesday, I followed him home. It was time to roll the dice. I went back to the library. The computer where Finkel had been was still empty. I sat down and swiped my library card. The thing about public PCs is that their histories are rarely cleared. I looked at his. There was the Night Falls Journal, the Drudge Report, MSNBC.com, the Vatican News, and, hello, NeverSilenced.com. NeverSilenced.com was a website for adults who, as children, had been abused by priests. Part of it required a membership, but there was a huge section of public information. I clicked on the forum. Fascinating. These people were using their real names, or at least what looked like real names. It wasn't long before I found A. Finkel N.F. I clicked on the Show All Posts button, the screen filled with literally hundreds of messages by A. Finkel N.F. Curiously enough, on the day of each murder, A. Finkel's posts were in the members-only section. From what I could gather, A. Finkel had a lot of conversations with Dean Mann. Dean Mann? Dean Mann? Dean Mann. Demon? Could it be that easy? I made a note to reference that later. A. Finkel and Dean Mann had quite the theological debate going. Dean blamed everything on God. A. Finkel argued that God had nothing to do with the evil in the human soul. That was a product of free will. So you actually broke into his house while he was gone? Carmen had gotten back from Atlanta. It sounds so dirty when you say it like that, Carm. I like to think of it as clandestine recon. You're really into this private eye gig, aren't you? It's what I am. Anyway, you should have seen the inside of his house. It was barren except for these huge bookcases. Not a piece of clutter or an item out of place. You should take some pointers. You should take some pointers. You gonna be a wise guy or you gonna listen? Both. Who are you calling? Lieutenant Johnson. So, in that vast library, a single book was out of place, angled out a little too far. Since everything else was so precise, that struck me as odd. I pulled out the book and nothing happened. I guess I was expecting the bookcase to swing open. But the floor right beneath the book was worn. I pushed on it and it felt loose. So I pulled on it and it slid open. Finkel had a secret passage? Nothing quite so elaborate. Just a little space no larger than a shoebox. But inside I found a book of spells. Not the kind bought at Barnes & Noble, but an actual grimoire. Dark magic. Bound in animal skin. Cat, probably. What did you do with it? Night Falls Police Department, Lieutenant Johnson's office. Lieutenant Johnson, please. Put it back in the same way I found it. Lieutenant Johnson isn't in. May I take a message? This is Chief Bolton, over from Trail's End. It's important that I speak with your lieutenant right now. Put me through to wherever he is. He's on an operation with his team, sir. Then put me to his cell phone. I don't know. Officer, if you don't put me through to him right now, people will die. What are you going to do? First, I need to talk to Johnson. Turn here. Then you and I are going to pay Finkel a visit. This is Lieutenant Johnson. Richard, it's Harry. Big favor to ask. What's strange? You lied to my secretary? I'm on a raid. I know. Listen, I wouldn't do this if it weren't important. I need you to back off the priest case. What? Are you crazy? I think I have the priest thing wrapped up, but I need 24 hours. Who do you think you are? Turn here. The guy who'll solve this case. Listen, 24 hours. It's not going to kill you. 
Where do you get your balls? Do you think you're smarter than the entire Night Falls Police Department? Good Lord, how did we ever solve crimes before you arrived? Try to remember a time when you did. Turn here. <sighs> That's it, Strange. Here's the plan. We have a suspect. We're going to get him right now. If by some tiny chance you happen to be onto the same guy, I am ordering you to stay out of police business. Your further interference in Nightfall's police business can result in fines up to $1,000 and possibly six months in prison. Am I making myself clear? Sorry, bad connection. That went well. When you wrestle with pigs, right? It's okay, though. We're pulling up on Finkel's house right about now. Stop! Carmen, I need you to stay here. If by some freakish chance the cops show up, stall them. I'm going in to talk to Finkel. He's involved, but a demon is pulling his strings. Stall them? Stall the cops? How do you suggest I do that? I don't know. Play dead in the middle of the street. You want to be my assistant? Show me how clever you are. I am not your assistant. Albert Finkel's house was a run-down ranch in a run-down neighborhood. His lawn was yellow in spots and bald in others. The wood on his porch was rotted and the stairs swayed uncomfortably under my weight. I saw a blind in the neighbor's window move to one side. I waved. The blind dropped back into place. At the top of the steps was an empty planter. Several dirty windows faced the street. If Finkel was near the window, he would have seen me coming. I decided on the direct approach. I was about to push in the door when Finkel opened it. His greasy gray hair framed a face that needed a shave. Finkel was wearing a torn t-shirt and a pair of running pants. He was barefoot. He looked more like a child molester than a molestation victim. What do you want? My name is Harry Strange. I'm a fan of your work. May I come in? A fan? My eyes adored you. Come on, don't make me spell it out here. Your neighbors might hear. At first I thought I was going to need to take a different approach. But then Finkel stepped inside and I followed him in. A folding chair and a writing desk were in the living room. A small television hooked up to cable sat on a folding table near the writing desk. The walls were lined with bookshelves. Finkel led me into his kitchen. The smell in the kitchen was the smell of death. And I didn't mean that metaphorically. I had smelled enough death to know that there was something dead somewhere in this room. On a dirty counter near the sink was a knife, a loaf of bread, and a package of hard salami. From the window over the sink I could see Carmen's car. You hungry? Finkel was watching me as he picked up the knife. A roach scurried from the bread to a crack in the wall. Ugh. I'm not here for dinner. I'm here about two things. Eyes and contacts. Finkel's hand shook almost imperceptibly. Then he proceeded to cut the crusts off his bread. I moved slowly towards the door. If he decided to swing the knife, I wanted to be out of range. What do you know about eyes? I know that three priests are missing theirs. Priests? Bah! What a bunch of pigs. They deserve everything they get. Why do you say that? You know, you say you're a fan. I know why you're a fan. Do you have their eyes here? He looked at me. Slowly, his mouth turned upwards into a smile that would have chilled a normal man. It just made me go into a hyper-alert mode. I could smell his sweat. Yeah, they're here. Oh no, you sandbagged me. What? 
He turned toward me with a knife in his hand. I looked out the window. A police truck, two units, and an unmarked car pulled up in front of his house. Albert, I'm as angry as you about this. But do you see the car I pulled up in? There's a girl in there. She's going to get out and go to the unmarked car and try to buy us some time. But you have to talk quick. At the same time, I saw the cops get out of their vehicles. From the truck, two snipers positioned themselves at different points aiming into the house. I was positive that a SWAT team was moving up to the back. I saw Carmen jump out of her car and run toward the lieutenant. Do you think they'd be escorting my partner away if I was a cop? Put the knife down, Albert. I want to help you. I stepped closer to Finkel and he swung the knife at me, catching and cutting my upper arm. I moved in closer and threw my arms around him. From the outside, it looked like I was hugging him. We both tumbled down. He struggled, but I was easily 50 pounds heavier. Albert, listen to me. Those cops out there don't care why you killed the priests. They just want you. Dead or alive, it doesn't matter to them. I care. That's why I pushed you out of view of the window. There's snipers out there, and they're playing for keeps. Do you understand me? Yes. Then let go of the knife. I'm too close to you for it to do any good anyway. Okay. I don't know if Finkel noticed it, but in the poorly lit room, I saw two red dots appear on his chest. The snipers from outside had beads on them. They were just waiting for the order. Albert, we don't have much time. The cops are going to bust through that door in a minute, and then you, my friend, are going to be locked up in an institution where no one can help you. Tell me who sent you after the priests. I stepped away from Finkel and stepped towards the window. I saw Lieutenant Johnson looking at the house with the binoculars. I waved in his direction. I also saw a reflection behind me. Crap. I turned in time to see the flash of the knife as it came down. I jumped and turned at the same time. The knife tore into my jacket, piercing my skin and sending icy chills through my body. I swung wildly, hitting Finkel in the jaw and driving him backwards. I reached down and felt inside my jacket. My hand came back full of blood. I looked up and Finkel was running toward me with his knife in the air. I charged towards him as the bullets from the sniper's rifle ripped through my shoulder and into Finkel's chest. He fell backwards, two red holes in his shirt. He was dead before he hit the ground. I barged out of the front of the house, pushing the screen door off its hinges. My side was on fire and my shoulder was numb. But nothing matched the rage seething in me at that moment. I had it all under control! He was ready to tell me who he was working for! The snipers had put down their weapons, but an officer next to the lieutenant kept his on me. Go ahead, blue boy, pull the trigger! That's what you all seem to do best! Oh no, don't ask questions, just shoot! Bang, bang! Officers, stand down. Holster your weapons. Arrest him. Arrest me? For what? Harry, you're bleeding. A lot. How about obstruction of justice? That's a good one to start. Johnson, you tell your pet that if he tries to put those cuffs on me, it'll be the last thing. Harry! Everything stopped. In that split second, Carmen had managed to put us all under her spell. It was only for a second. Cuff him and take him to the hospital. She can go. You're really going to go through with this, Johnson? After all the times I saved your ass and solved cases you and the rest of the Flatfoots couldn't? You can't be serious. He was serious. I was cuffed and taken to Night Falls General Hospital. Well, that was the plan. I told Officer Smith that I was refusing any medical care and to take me to the county lockup. A couple of hours later, Carmen showed up and took me back to my office. She insisted on checking my wounds, even though I assured her I was fine. Interesting. 
Your shoulder is scarred, but there doesn't seem to be a hole anywhere. That's because I wasn't hit. I was standing right there. I saw you get shot. No, your eyes played tricks on you. I'm fine. Then where did all this blood come from? My God, what happened to your side? I'll tell you what. If you get me some Pop-Tarts out of the fridge and let me sleep, I'll tell you all about it. Pop-Tarts? Pop-Tarts. Tonight's episode, Harry Strange 107, The Sad Tale of Albert Finkel, was written and directed by Tony Serechia and produced by Brianne Ahern. All material is copyright by Tony Serechia and used with his permission. Featured in tonight's cast were Julie Hoverson, Kellen Stennett, Ed Bonza, Anthony Fouad Scott, Sylvia Galan, Casey Morgan, Ray Saltrelli, Jason Tyler, Brianne Ahern, and Clay Duggar. Harry's theme music was written and performed by Lance Hogan and is copyright by Lance Hogan and used with his permission. Contact Lance at his email, h-a-u-g-a-n-l at yahoo.com. Incidental music was written and performed by Kevin McLeod and is copyright by Kevin McLeod and used with his permission. Visit incompetech.com for more of Kevin's music. Visit harrystrange.com to keep up with the latest news and information on everyone's favorite private investigator. Send your questions, comments, and suggestions to producer at harrystrange.com. For the Harry Strange radio drama, I'm Joanne Pruden. Good night. The Apocalypse is coming, May 14th, 2011. Visit treetopquartet.com. For friendly service and fuel that's fine, there's a smile for every mile at the Ocean sign. Good afternoon, miss. Welcome to your friendly neighborhood Ocheline station. What can I do for you today? Hola, Jess. I need exactly two dollars of Ocheline, por favor. Excuse me, did you say... See, si. I said exactly two dollars, please. This is the Ocheline station, Jess. Yes, indeedy. We sell only Ocheline with or without kelpinate and Ocheline sargasso with saladine. But why do you want exactly $2 worth? Because the man on the radio told me that I would get more miles per dollar when I choose Ocheline with kelpinate. Today, I plan to drive twice as far as I normally do. Yes, I see. And I will also need enough Ocheline to get back home. Juicy? Uh... See, I see. For friendly service and fuel, that's fine. There's a smile for every mile at the Ocheline sign. Ocheline.